You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. I remember just seeing like in, uh, international band. It was like some Blind Guardian, and it was like I'm seeing my CD in front of me, and it was it was different. I remember coming home like shaken. It changed. Um, Heaven Shall Burn changed me um, because we we had made Lynchpin already. But first time I got to see a sampler used like how they used it in their thing, and we started to use a sampler on stage as a trigger, like little sound effects and stuff, bass drops, and stage show changed, my attitude had changed. I came back on a mission, like a full mission. Like I was like, no, 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 we this this doing it, doing it because this is how we do it can't work for us. I say, we, we don't want that. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. Did you get a chance to check out the brand new Cryptopsy song? I hope that you did. It is now available on all streaming platforms. It is the first single coming up from our first album in over 10 years called As Gamora Burns. I am so excited to finally talk about the brand new cryptopsy record that's coming out on september 8th via nuclear blast records do it go check it out if you haven't yet if you have check it out again in abeyance it's available on all streaming platforms now before we jump into today's episode i'd just like to ask you to follow the vox and hops metal podcast on the podcast platform of your choice but more than that i would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast if there's someone in your life that just loves metal well you should definitely definitely let them know that the vox and hops metal podcast exists you can tell them that there are over 400 episodes I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians and we talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you would encourage one of your metalhead friends to become a brand new Vox and Hopshead, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Sivan Susaran of Lynchpin. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 423. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be with Sivan Susaran from Lynchpin. Uh, this is a very, very cool, uh, long overdue conversation. We've been communicating since, I want to say, over six months now. Here we are, finally, face-to-face with a screen in between us, recording a, a podcast episode for Vox and Hops. So let's just start with a very simple, uh, how you doing, Sivan? How you doing? I'm, I'm actually really good. It's, it's, it's rainy in Trinidad these days, but um, it's good to... Finally, I mean, I have um, I have a very close friend of mine who's a huge fan of Cryptopsy, and he has been following your podcast for a very long time. So he's always be- when I told him I was on, he wanted to come over, and I was like, "No, that would be very inappropriate." <laughs> you know, so. Why well, you tell him I say hello? What's his name? I'll give him a shout out. Justin. Justin, what's up, bud? Uh, thank you for supporting Cryptopsy and the podcast. Uh, this episode goes out to you. Uh, tell me about 2023 so far. Uh, you guys are doing something massive, something very cool. Um, flying all the way here to record with my guitarist, Christian Donaldson. You're in a band that's based in Trinidad and Tobago, which is which is very far away. So, so talk to me about 2023, building up to this massive trip. It's like a huge thing for you guys. Well, I don't know if you ever came to the Caribbean or anything like that, but like... On a... On a we played 70,000 tons, and I think yeah. that it danced around there. Yeah, so like across here, it's... it's I mean, it's Soka, Calypso, you know, Caribbean vibes. Um, so, like, for our genre music, it's it's really hard to record down here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mostly, like, people, like, learning learning from foreign and bringing it down. And for us, you know, we're island. So, if this kind of music not supposed to be as popular. But um, down here, we have a very huge fan base. So, when we did our first album, we did purely Trinidad. Um, when we did the second one, I ended up getting in contact with Christian and um, having a really good conversation with him. So when we recorded, he mixed and mastered. Oh, see, that makes sense now. Yeah. And then working with him, it's like we started to realize that, you know, is it's a lot more we could learn from outside. Like, he's telling us stuff that in Trinidad, we don't, like, we just didn't know. You know, we just don't know. So we really started to talk a lot, and I wanted to get a chance for us to, do everything with a producer who is in the business. You know, 
down here when you record a death metal artist is one every year you know and yeah. it's more likely us and maybe another band might do a song like every month it looks like you know and he he's used to your vocals and death vocals down here is is very hard you know when you when you are um, singing death vocals you you look at it as outright satanist um you, you look at it as <laughs> as a hell spawn no i'm telling you it's the truth you know it's, it's a lot of taboo around us you know so um, working with somebody who I could turn to and get advice to is really important, you know? Like, my, my boys are so excited, and my boys at the same time are so nervous because I saw him do some recording with, like, some bands that we re- we listen to, and, and, and I see him kind of, like, roughing them up, and like, hey, hey, play that house. Like, yeah, yeah, Christian, Christian doesn't take no shit. He's going to push you guys to get the best performances that, that you can provide because that's what he does. You see, like, that push, right, is going to make us come back here and continue to push, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, you know, like, you learn something and you're trying to teach. Like, when we played in Wacken, in that those couple of days, we learned so much. You know, our stage show changed, our our attire changed, our, our attitude to music and touring changed. Like, we are one of the biggest touring bands in the Caribbean. So when when we go, we always hear people say, Man, you're so lucky. I'm like, no, it's not luck. Do it. Do it. Plan and do it. You know, when you guys say that you guys tour in, I say, man, I wish I could tell you guys how lucky you are to jump on a bus and you could drive to another city. In Trinidad, if we drive from one corner of Trinidad to the other, maximum two hours. This is a Vox and Hops episode. You're taking a sip of something. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out. My metal friends talking about their lives and music while sharing craft beers, typically. What are you sipping on on your side today, Steven? So, so okay, so I'll give you a disclaimer because everybody in Trinidad will hear about it. So I don't drink beer. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I just skipped beer. And I was I, I really, I'm into wine. Nice. I'm a white. My wife made it very clear. She was like, okay, please don't go on this guy's show and sip red wine. You could have. You, you, whatever makes you happy. She was like, at least have a bottle. So I, I really love cider. Nice. Um, the first cider I ever tasted, actually, to tell you how we live in an island, I did not know about cider. And about four or five years ago, I was in New York with my wife, and she really didn't want me to have um, a glass. Because I would order a glass of wine, she would order a beer. And I would get the beer and she would get the wine. So yes, because, yes. So, come on, people. Men men, men can like wine and, and women can like beer. It's okay. It's 2023, people. Thanks, Matt. And, um, <laughs> Angry Orchard has always stood out to me, you know, and decided to bring it in. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to break it out for my boy. I have to drink some Angry Orchard with my boy. I appreciate that very much. Bag. On my side, I'm drinking uh, something cool that my friends made. Uh, this is Straya. Straya. Oh, now that I'm saying it out loud, I... I, I, I... <laughs> Now that I'm saying it out loud, I get the joke. Uh, this is a collab between Aww. my two friends from Sankin Baron and BAOS Podcast. Shout out to Craig. I love you, bud. He's Australian. And now that I'm saying Straya out loud, it's for Australia. Now I get it. <laughs> this is an extra pale Australian uh, 6%. Um, it was created for Sankin Baron's anniversary. I can't remember how many at this point. But uh, I'm going to crack this. And uh, you are not into beer but you must have had a first beer so that you realize that you weren't into beer so t- take me back to your first beer ever that's such a terrible um, thing i tasted um so in trinidad we have two predominant beers we have um carib and stag and ensure ensure you get your friends i would love to taste this canadian cider oh yeah it's actually uh, Quebec is actually very strong in the cider game. It's it's really oh. really uh, blowing up the, the same way that the craft beer scene has. So 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 what was this first uh, first beer experience? And what, what is at what age do you start drinking in Trinidad? What what is that experience like compared to the rest of the world? Not not to sound stereotypical, but um, Trinidad is a has a is a party carnival, so people drink pretty early here. But um, I didn't. I was um, one of those. I was like the computer guy. I wanted to, to like real into computers growing up. So that was my whole life. So when um, I started, I decided to drink. I kind of skipped the beer thing. I started on scotch. I was drinking really? scotch when I was young. Wow. Yeah, my first drink was um, was um, Gentleman's Jack. Really? I was drinking wow. um, Jack Daniels and Gen- and, and I don't like mix. So I drink it straight, no ice, neat. And my friends always trying to get me to drink beer. And the first time I drank one, I was really bummed out. 
Where is the flavor compared to a, a scotch? You know, you were born with like a beard straight out of the womb, just a man. No, no, no. I, if you see my basses, I'm a guitarist. Wow, these guys beat it out. I try to look, try to like match these days. You know, amazing. How about uh, the? Is there a craft beer scene? I don't know if you're well versed in this in the Caribbean, in Trinidad, Tobago. Is there a craft beer scene? It's really starting. Actually, it's ironic. You know, it's um. There's a there's a microbrewery down here recently, um, a, a place called Tommy's. They do a craft beer. They do a really nice cider too. Nice. Um, they're really getting big in Trinidad. Um, it's just you know to bring in. I mean, you guys have hops and and stuff over there. It's really hard to get hops. I'm moving from hot area the world, so importation and all that. A hundred percent, yeah. Pretty expensive. So, I mean, it, it's it's building up. We we are actually working on currently. We're working on. A coffee. We're bringing out a coffee. That band. Nice. I know you'd like. I know you'd love this. As well. I so, love coffee. Yeah. So linchpin. Well, they call us Caribbean brutality. I know. I got that written down right there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but we the coffee is Caribbean brutality. Oh. I love it. It's 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 it's. it's, it's I, I mess with brutal all the time. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to be bringing some packs to you guys nice. over there. Well, good for you for all that. I love that. How about the classic Vox and Hops question at this point? Uh, take me back when you were growing up in your parents' or guardian's house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? What was the soundtrack of your youth? The soundtrack of my youth? But some, I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm seen in Canada as a little bit like that in certain areas. Because they have a lot of Trinis over in like um, Winnipeg and stuff down there. But um, I grew up with a, a Hindu dad, a Muslim mom. So my dad was, I in our house, I actually described this already. Uh, if I walk past my dad's room, I'm hearing Indian music. Interesting. I walk past my sister's room, I'm hearing pop music. I'm walking by my room, you're hearing metal. And then you walk into the kitchen where my mom is, and she's just the Elvis. Nice. So I, I actually tell people that it's because of my mom I got into rock. You know, she, she listened to Beatles and um, Elvis. My dad used to listen to Perry Como and stuff like that. So the 60s and stuff. But um, I was playing soccer, soccer, right, for you guys. And um, there was a guy who was to play, um, he used to always be playing metal. That's that's how you discovered metal was through a, a, yeah, a, a fellow was, football player. Yeah, and he actually turned to my first guitarist for my first band. I love it. You know, it's like, yeah, we were like sitting on. He was like always oh, singing this. I don't know if you know this band, um, Sacred Steel. I do not know. Oh, old power metal band. Okay. And he's always singing this line. Then he started to play Death. Yes. Death from um, Florida, but that's like one of my favorite bands growing up now. And it's just like I was going home and I'm hearing this song in my head. But I don't have their music. And mm-hmm. I started to borrow, at that time, cassettes. Yeah. And I'm listening to cassettes. And it's like, it just changed. You know, my, my dad was very much more on the protective end. Like, he did not want that because he was afraid of drugs and alcohol. and Because because metal was associated with rebellion and and making improper life choices, let's say. I mean, think about it in Trinidad. You know, it's like, if you're a rock person, you're really into drugs and alcohol. That's what you'll see it. You know, you have long hair and you're, you're a scum on society kind of yeah. thing. And But then, like, because of the music, I was playing in a black metal band when I was younger and I had the face paint and everything. <laughs> so you know, my dad was... Embracing it almost. <laughs> yeah, my dad was like, all right, this guy has to be on drugs, man. And then when he started to realize my grades were excellent in, in university and I was really doing great, my dad was like, okay, so you're not on drugs. So this is a natural thing? That's even worse. <laughs> like, it's, it's not drugs all right this is just from you it's like innate that's not good yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> we yeah. can't like, fix you can tell. this yeah and like it just became like he as as especially when linchpin was born he was really proud of that more like especially like i was a teacher already um i had a lot of students coming out like ex-students coming to shows and you know we used to preach that whole thing of, you know being responsible like even at the end of every one of our shows when we finish the song, we always say, reach home safe, don't drink and drive. Yes. You know, we don't want, we really don't want um, casualties. You know, we are a small community down here. So losing somebody, everybody knows the person, you know, because, yeah. you know, we don't be dicks about it, you know. So oh, my soundtrack is, yeah. Take care of your community for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like my drummer and my guitarist, they, they're really into soca too. So you could hear like the, the movement and our music a lot, you know, um, when we were in Germany. They, we thought we were death metal. Like my whole life, I thought I was a death metal because of my voice. 
But um, when I was in Germany, they, the first thing they said was, um, you guys are like, and that's maybe the worst German accent you're going to get, but you guys are like death metal, but I could dance to you. And I was like, what? And then it's like, it's like Caribbean core, like caricore. And as we started to call our genre caricore since then, because we never really observed it. Because it's so close to you. It's just, it's actually interesting it's, it's to have like an identity such as that, that reflects your culture. It feels though that I, I, out of the whole band, I was rebelling against that because I, I'm not a Soka fan. But you just realize as a Trinidadian, it kind of is in you, like movement and groove. And if you listen to our music, that's we rel into movement and groove. So it, it's just built in, I guess, you know? I think that there's been a lot of bands that have had massive success when they've embraced their culture. You think of Sepultura, you think of Bollywood just recently with their massive, yeah, yeah. they had a huge hit last year, yeah, I want to yeah. say a year and a half ago. Yeah, um, good. I think it's cool. I think it's, there's so many bands that just sound the same. If you have an identity right out of the gates, I think that's something that should be showcased. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, you know, like, I guess, I mean, one day I know I'm going to drag you guys to Trinidad to come and have a nice little VK, but it will be good for you all. Like, I mean, we got really close to Christian and especially talking to you guys. We consider like a big Trinidad thing is like you become part of family. That's how we look at it. That's so sweet. You know, and, you know, we don't really think that, um, I mean, I look at you as an incredible artist and, and, and your band as incredible pioneers in what you're doing. And at the same time, I'm not going to bring you here to perform. I'm bringing you here to come and see trinidad like come and come and see what we're talking about come and enjoy the beach understand when we say laid back what we mean by laid back you know like in trinidad there's, there's this there's this something um, in trinidad it's a really terrible thing but you can't complain because you're part of it so today is friday right today is thursday tomorrow is friday in trinidad monday is a holiday well by default trinidadians start thinking friday is a holiday <laughs> i like so it naturally Naturally, the beach is going to be full, the bars are full, and it's lunchtime on Friday. So you can't, if you're planning to leave from work, people say, you should maybe leave before lunch because you're going to have a lot of traffic. Wow. And it's, and it's kind of acceptable at some point, I guess. I don't know. But it's just a Trini thing. You know, if, if a holiday is Thursday, Friday is the holiday. If the holiday is Friday, Thursday is the holiday. <laughs> That's what I see. Just move it around, you know? So. I, I think that's very, very nice. And we would love to come, of course. If we can perform, that helps, like, pay the tickets. That makes us even more happy. Don't joke about that, you know, Matt, because <laughs> I will gladly bring it in. Gladly. Ta talk to me about first music experiences, the first live music you went to go see. It doesn't have to be metal. It probably wasn't metal, and that's what's interesting about this. What would be the first show that you went to go see in your life? Oh, whenever my wife will crucify this one, but the first show I went to was my first date. I always remember that. <laughs> I went to see um, Air Supply came down. Really? Okay. Yeah, they were old at that time. Um, <laughs> I did not see Air Supply at all. I can't, can't remember. <laughs> I know I went. I know I went. And air supply. You were physically at the concert, but you were not there. I was at the venue. Interesting. When people ask me, how, how was air supply? I was like, they played? <laughs> I can't remember that. Um, but, like, my first international concert changed my life. What was that? Wacken. Nice. I, I went Wacken, and I was like... Was that, like, before you guys won the, the Caribbean Wacken? Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's a weird story. Um, me and my bassist decided that we're going to go in 2014 because I won the lottery. So at like at 1 a.m., I got an email saying, oh, you got two Wacken tickets. Wow. Are you accepting it? And I was like, tickets for Wacken? What? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I'd signed for this thing about a year ago. And I called him up at 1 a.m. And I was like, hey, you want to go Wacken? He's like, yeah, and we always say we're going to go Wacken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we end up saying, all right. I called my friend who I literally met like a couple months ago. We used to stay. She's a German. We used to stay here. And um, we became real good friends. So I, I messaged her and asked if I could call. I told her about it and I asked her what to do. And she was like, no, send the tickets here. So you, we'll have it safe and we'll organize backward. Amazing. You know, figure out plane. So we ended up going up. This person took care of us, carried us. We went on a metal train. That was a mind fuck. That was a total mind. I could curse, right? I could curse on this. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Thank you. And um, we, we went and that, we did not know about Metal Battle at all. I had no idea what Metal Battle was. And when I went, um, the guy whose tent next to us was an Irish guy. 
He was like, you guys going to go to the metal battle? And I was like, what? Because that happens on the Thursday, if I'm if I'm correct, yeah. or, or before the festival. Like, it changes all the time every year, but it's before yeah. the festival, if, I, if festival, I remember. Yeah. And we went, and I was watching it. I was so confused, because I didn't know any of the bands. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, am I... Who are these people? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, am I out of this? And then the guy explained, like, no, this this band from China, this band from Japan, Mexico. And I was like, can we play in this? And I ran out of the tent with my bases to find Wi-Fi to send an email to Wacken to ask them if we could play. And they were like, no, they don't have a Caribbean division. Literally the next year, I saw a post by a guy called Jerry Ori, who's from Suriname, saying that he will be hosting the first Caribbean metal battle. And I was like, does it? Does it? We have to join. And, sign, yeah. Yeah. And that year, it was um, Christmas Eve. I was um, driving on the highway and my phone is just going crazy. And I stopped on the highway. My wife is next to me and I'm checking my phone and I was like, what is this? And they were saying, check, go on, go on Facebook, go on Facebook. And I thought that we qualified to go to the competition and man going and walking. It's like, it's like, we realize that Trinidad is like Hobbiton. It's like, we just this small <laughs> Island and, you know, like, like in Trinidad, like I'm from the east of Trinidad. And when we have to go to a show, you would hear people on this side say, oh, God, that's too far. Literally half an hour south, we're talking about half an hour max. And I tell them, I say, man, in Wacken, people come in from Holland. Totally. Six hours away. Way farther than that. Way farther. People come from, there's, I have people from Montreal that go every year. Right. So, you know, like, so you start to understand. But I remember, I remember just seeing like in uh, international band, if it's like, I saw Blind Guardian and I was like, it was like, it was like, I'm seeing my CD in front of me. And I was, it was different. I remember coming home, like shaken. It changed, um, Heaven Shall Burn changed me um, because we, we had made Lynchpin already. But first time I got to see a sampler used, like how they used it in their thing. And we started to use a sampler on stage as a trigger, like little sound effects and stuff, bass drops and Stage show changed. My attitude had changed. I came back on a mission, like a full mission. Like I was like, no, no, no. We this this doing it, doing it because this is how we do it. Can't work for us. I said we we don't want that. So we started like really like look like I started to check out you guys a lot and started to check out like in like behemoths and watch bands not just for like music but I'm watching to see on stage what do you do, how do you move, what what do you do when when this party storm goes and. We learn so much from just learning from these from people who do it before. Hmm. So, you know, we're very humbled by that, you know? I think it's important to be humble and it's important to, to honor your the, the mentors and the people that have done stuff before us. I think that's very, very important. Talk to me about your first time on stage. Do you remember your first show? As Lynchpin or on the whole? And as you are your first time stepping on a stage or a floor, as most of them are. I, I have a pity of it, actually. An actual physical pity. I'll tell you how long. Um, 2001, um, July 26th, I think it was, it was, um, I remember it really good because I begged to get into the show. Um, we were now coming with death metal. I wasn't at all anywhere close to what it is now. So when I called, I asked the promoter, this was the first instance of the show, which turned into like the biggest festival in Trinidad later on. Right. It was like, it was huge. And I, I remember going to him, calling him, and he laughed at me. He was like, um, death metal? He's like, boy. And I was like, no, we really want a chance. He was like, it's like here, we full, bring your equipment, come to the show, and if we have a spot, I'll spit you. Wow. So I was like, cool. So you do all that, you, you, you practice, you're ready, and you're not even sure you're going to play. You're like playing, you're like flying standby. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're like, okay. I told the boys here what we're going to plan the show in three steps. We plan 15 minutes and a 10 minutes so we could fit anything. I was standing up by the sound engineer. I always remember. And I just heard him go, clang. And the sound engineer was like, what's that? He's like, oh my God. I hear the guy on the stage on the mic saying, my string boost. He's like, well, change it. He's like, no, I left. I don't have my strings here. It's home. He's like, well, how far you live? He's like, half an hour. No way. So he was like, he's like, what are we going to do? And while he's saying that, I'm literally standing up next to him. And he watched me and he's like, you're the guy with the band, right? He's like, if I give you 15 minutes on stage, can you play? I was like, yes. He's like, you have five minutes to get ready. Go. Yes. I ran and I 
get my band members together, running up on stage. And these guys are more accomplished than me. I'm like the, I'm the one who never touched the stage. These guys all had like, you know, they were rock stars already. And I remember saying, okay, I'm going to look for them for strength. And they were like petrified it looked like. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to look at these guys for any strength. So I turned around and I, I wear glasses. I didn't have contacts yet. And I just took off my glasses and I was like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Nobody know me here. I'm going to do what I want. And when we started to do the intro and I pitched, I, I mean, I have a, a high scream. I remember the guy who was giving me all the shit in front. The guy was giving me shit. And he was like, use the singer. Blah, blah, blah. You're hearing this guy talking, talking. When I hit my scream, the guy was like, holy fuck. Put on his bear. Mosh pit broke out. Yes. I remember coming. But I always say, it's the first day that my people knew my name. It was also the last day I got to be anonymous. I kind of miss anonymous a little bit sometimes. Like you go to a show and you could just sit down. Now, now we, we have to be on. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to answer the questions, take pictures. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, be, be, the, be the good PR. You know, you have to be good PR, you know. so Try not to get too sloppy. <laughs> always, always. Hence the side after drink, so. We spoke about it a little bit before. Metal in the Caribbean. Uh, there's you guys, there's, there's Jake that runs Oni also is really always like branded as being a band from the Caribbean. Talk, talk to me about the complications. You mentioned a little bit that most studio engineers don't necessarily have the, uh, habits, the, the, the methods, the methodology, the practice, uh, to record extreme music. Uh, what would be some other like complications and things that have, let's say, held you back being from the Caribbean? I think one of the first things is, like, so we record with, I think, the best guy down here, very close friend of ours, um, and he does a great job. But we have limitations in equipment, limitations in software, limitations of, I think, I wouldn't say, I don't need to say the word knowledge, but limitations of the market. You know, so when you when you interact with death metal every day, you know the nuances of heavy music. Absolutely. It reminds me of like Morris Sound almost back in the yeah, early yeah, Floridas. Yeah. You know, this is the first time that people were recording fast drums like that and, and they they had they they did not necessarily have the knowledge to know how to handle something that extreme. So but it took time and through you know, just playing around with it and technology obviously that they did. Yeah, correct. Correct. And and that that's actually um something I was talking about the other day with Morris Sound South. I was like, you know, it, it, it's, I understand why they won't invest in death metal down here because really just a couple of bands recording that. So for us, it have limitations of that. Limitations, like, I, I could tell you, we are coming up there and we know we don't have to bring all that equipment. No. But yeah. we are coming with our, yeah, but we will. That's just part of being training. You pack, you pack your shit. And you calm down, you know, because Christian was saying, "Oh, is, is that because you 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 always plan for the worst?" Is that is that? Well, we we plan because the the if you're going to record, you carry a guitar, you carry a processor. That's what you carry. So Christian was like, "Oh no, I have guitars. Don't worry." Oh, I remember we were we were talking to Christian, and Christian literally told us what processor we have. I was like, "What?" Oh, you know that because his ear you know, is amazing. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, he, it's annoyingly amazing. <laughs> when he told us our key, when he told us our key, I remember after the conversation, I hung up the um the, the voice call, and I was like, "Yeah, we fucked. <laughs> this guy's gonna fuck us in a good way." No, he's he's he's. I have a whole segment about Chris, but let's go back uh, coming up after this one. But but talks back to the Caribbean. Talk to me about uh, being branded as Satanists. The stereotypes that come with the culture of Trinidadian and Tobago people, Tobago people, um, seeing metal and still picturing it as evil, despite the fact you being a teacher, educator, um, a super nice guy. What, what, what does that tie into? And has the band thought about just embracing it more and just to shock people, you know? (laughs) Well, so, so the disclaimer from the boys, so the, the rest of my band, are, 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 they're religious boys. I have Roman Catholics, I have a Hindu. I'm the atheist in the band. So one of the first conversations we had when we now made the band was like, right, the only thing you can't do, Sivan, is 
blasphemous stuff. Like like none of that crap. Like you could do, you could talk about. I talk heavily against like um like pastors and and how they abuse their power and how they take money from. I have a real issue with that, so I use that. Um, in Trinidad, is taboo. It's just really taboo. It's like you're. When people see us, I remember we were um, going on stage a couple of months ago and I had a couple of my friends there and they said the people in front of them, you could tell, weren't like avid rock fans. They were like, you know, they hear Summer 69 and ACDC and that's some heavy, that's some heavy shit. And they were right in front when we were about to play. And he said, our whole stage goes red. And the woman was like, what the fuck is going on? And when we started to walk out, we have like this really cool intro. And they were like, what the fuck is going on? Satan. And when we, yeah, and and when when we went up and we did we did our, our we have a fist salute. When everybody raised their fist, it's like this is occult devilry, and she they walked yeah they walked off. And metal metal like, is a religion. I think it's super cool. It's it's very correct. very very similar to what happens in a religious experience. Yeah, and I, and I I think that we just reached the point where our fan base is growing really well especially our fan base getting younger in Trinidad a lot, which I'm happy about. But it's breaking out of the taboo. So that's why you'd see, I think I sent you like our interviews and recently, and we did some really cool, we do a lot of TV interviews and um, newspapers and stuff. And we get so much incredible replies from non-rock people that say, I'm happy that you all are doing this because it's breaking the taboo that we think that you guys are. You know, it's like, I saw you play Saturday and you were like, pure Satan, now you're on TV on Wednesday and you all have the calmest demeanor. Exactly. Very well articulated. And I think that's important. I think a lot more rock bands have to do that because like just like Nurgle, how he you could see him and you watch him off stage or you watch even Manson and stuff, how they could speak off that stage is important. And I, I think when I saw Chuck talk the first time, he was about cats. And I was like, this is a nice, this is a really nice guy. <laughs> And I think that's important because it shows that you could separate church and state too, you know, from your music and your and your normal life. Nobody's saying that you can't be a metal person and live the metal life. That's cool. But at the same time, we want people to understand, just like if you watch a soca artist, I'm pretty sure he's not jumping and whining whole day. <laughs> you know, we have you know, we have lives too. We're multifaceted humans. Yeah. So it is good. We meet a lot of in our shows. We always have, always have a group of curious people who have heard of us, which is good. That means it's coming out of the circle, and you're bringing them in, and a lot of them like to buy our merch because it's like edgy for them, and um, they didn't like that vibe of being different. But we always tell people being different also means that you could welcome different. Absolutely, talk to me about inspiring the next generation of extreme musicians in the Caribbean. Talk to me about being their chuck hypothetically you know like the way that you looked up to death and stuff there's kids that are going to look up to you like that and hypothetically 10 years down the line they might be massive and they're going to talk about you talk to me about the importance of fostering a, a community and and giving power to your fans and inspiring the future so as you say that i don't know how it is outside trinidad but in trinidad we are the stewards of or stand for original music you know so um in trinidad that's a big thing cover bands and original bands and i tell people i don't have a problem with anybody doing a cover but doing a 25 minutes straight of covers is not helping our little country come out of our country no radio play you know that kind of stuff you know so we we every show i think you see alive with me you hear me saying like fuck cover bands and i have a lot of friends who cover bands and they know me so long and they always say <laughs> They don't take it personal because they know exactly what I'm talking about. We're, we're musicians. We should be writing. And and back to what you're saying there, yeah, I mean, we recently uh, met a few kids um, at our show. I say kids, these are like 18-year-old boys. But yeah, 17, 18. We're, we're just old, see, man. That's yeah, all. Yeah, let's try not to say it. But yeah, so um, they, they told me, like, you know, oh, my dad was into your first band. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> we're, we're generational <laughs> you're generational now <laughs> unbelievable but, but you're getting like i think it's important to like bestow any knowledge you can you know and sometimes you kind of walk that thin line that people think oh he's a rock star he thinks he knows and it's not that is is more 
you don't want people to make that mistake that you made. Absolutely. It's like a passing down of knowledge. It's, it's, it's yeah. not an ego thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a please don't make the same mistakes I did. But some mistakes are worth making because it helps you grow. Yeah, but like I was, I was flattered. Um, a vocalist called me the other day and asked if he could like sit with me and talk. And I was like, I'm, I'm being honest. I, I don't know these techniques that you speak of, you know, like they, 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 they're on YouTube watching Fry and, yeah. and, and, and projection. False and, yeah. And I was like, he was like, yeah, false chord. Yeah. Up to now, I don't reflect a false chord. Is. So I, um, <laughs> I, I'll show serious. you. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'll be asking for real tips. And we went and we sat down and he was telling me about his techniques and, you know, well, obviously young, younger kid watching YouTube and I told him, I said, listen, I think everything you're doing there is correct. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, so what warm-up do you use? I was like, I eat cookies before I go on stage. Is that the truth or you fucking rap? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know about warm-up. I, I, I don't warm up. I, a lot of times I'm mostly eating up cookies and walking on the back. And the boys go on stage and I just kind of zone out. and just go on stage, drink a little bit of water and I'm going to go on stage and I'm pretty sure that's the worst advice ever. Like I would never give that advice. Everyone has their own routine, and whatever makes you feel good before a show is important. But I mean, it's just like how if I meet, if I sit with you, I obviously want to learn because my shows will be different from you. You will play a show today, tomorrow, the next day. Whereas with a person like me, I'm playing a show this Saturday, maybe two Saturdays from now, yeah. I'll play another show. You understand? So the longevity of your voice is way different from the longevity of mm-hmm. my voice. You follow, so so hypothetically, when you get on tour, you might have to not eat cookies and do some warm ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's what you want because, I mean, if I turn to anyone else, if I have to turn to a death vocalist, I don't really have any to turn to down here. You know, so it's different. You know, so and, there was no other bands. There was no inspiration for you guys. Yeah, they had like other bands when we were growing up and stuff, but every one of them had their own nuances. You know, like one of the things I don't do. I mean, that's plus. That's totally on my end. I don't drink any alcohol anywhere close to a show. I've never drank alcohol at a rock show in my living life. So, because I love, I really love to listen to music. So I like to be very conscious during it. And when I go to a show, I know the, I move a lot. I jump a lot. I like to be able to just give. So I just need to be in that zone. So for me, that's my new one. I've seen rock bands going on stage and like hitting back bears like those guys is really good <laughs> i don't know how to do that you know and we had like bands like we had um infernal when i was growing up that, that that influenced me a lot and um you had bands like bleed when i was growing up insert coin as i grew up and each one of them had a different nuance that made them unique but what i think what makes lynchpin unique is that we don't like at no point are we stopping growth at all like yeah i know we have a big crowd but we have a big crowd in Trinidad, as I said, as the home, we're the home team. Our fans here is going to support us. I want to go in a place that don't know me and don't support me and win them. That to me, that is what I want. Hell yeah! I love that. I love that feeling. It's insane feeling. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's like a going to war, just about in a nice way. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. 
Yeah, you are coming very far to come record with my guitarist. You mentioned a little bit that he mix mastered your second record. This is your third record now. You guys are doing a fundraising. By the time this comes out, that show will have happened, so we won't necessarily promote that. Talk to me about getting everything in order getting all of this organized to come record with Chris. It's like a massive feat to come this far. I think you're the band that's come from the farthest to come work with Chris. So, so um, talk to me about like taking the leap and making it coming and, and just being totally like enthralled. You're going to love it living at his studio. You're going to have the best time ever. Uh, the fundraising, you the community that you, you've fostered and curated and cared for in your country talk, talk to me about everything leading up to recording with chris so obviously after working with chris i was so happy just his professionalism and the amount of things that we just learned in such a small period of time and um i remember talking to the boys and saying right 2024 is our 15 year anniversary wow. so so it That's was kind of like coming close and we wanted to write a new album and we wanted to record and that we started to have that conversation in 2022. And oh, I was shit. like, listen, I think we need to, I think we should go, go by Chris. And everybody was like, you think, you think we could do that? I was like, we have to, we have to do that. It's, it's the next step of evolution for us. And all the boys said, all right, that's what we're doing. Um, we have an airline down here called Caribbean Airlines. They're very close to us now. It's so weird, a, a corporate entity very close to this death metal band. They really embraced us because we, we go through them all the time. Anytime we go, they carry our equipment on, on board. They look after us. They, they ensure no problems ever. Last time, they actually sent like a box of alcohol for us on the plane. And it was like, you know, and they, they announced it on the plane. And we were like, wow, this is weird. Like they were saying, hey, death metal legends from Trinidad, Lynchpin is on board. And people on the plane clapping. I was like, what is going <laughs> what on? What world is this? <laughs> and they're supposed to boo us down at this point and pelt stuff. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. And um, we, when we started to make the decision, I contacted Caribbean Airlines. They started to put things in place. They gave us a really good price. Then um, we have to communicate with um, Air Canada um, because we have to come from Toronto to Montreal. So in air flight, it's about like 11 hours of air flight, really. We spent a night in Toronto, coming across to Montreal. Um, so we know, and then we have Christian's bill to pay too. It's like, at no point have we even thought about the money because we don't think we're going to get back that money. And this is like an investment in yourselves, in your career. Yeah. We, we want to be able to do this for Christian for multiple reasons. Obviously to evolve. But with Christian, we get the chance to... You see, he deals with so many different labels and different persons. We don't know... Who could hear our music? Who could just so I'm just stumble upon it and like it or want to sign us? To be the first band to be signed out of the Caribbean would be insane. I, I can I, like totally attest for that, that Christian loves to show people bands that he's working with because he's really proud of the projects that he's working on and he has gotten multiple projects signed. So anyone that's listening that might you know want to work with Chris, there's always that. That might happen. You never know. Yeah, exactly. The, ch the chance is obviously higher. But, you know, being able, this is my first time, I think, in our band. I think it's only one of my, my guitarists comes across. He has some family in Toronto. But the rest of us never went to um, Canada at all. So, you know, we, we're really excited. We ju Just being able to experience our culture, you know, obviously we, um, being able to walk across there and meet different musicians and stuff, that's such an important thing for us. So we want to experience everything you're you're coming at the right time you're not coming in the winter which is good because no. that oh my goodness <laughs> that's a different experience when you go to christian's house in the winter but uh he's got the beach you're you're, you're gonna have a good time um he's gonna take good care of you working vocals with him is is a dream he's gonna push you i am definitely gonna come and bother you for sure when you're at the at uh, in point Traump. i will come and check out some stuff there uh, I'm stoked for it. I think that it's very cool. I think that uh, by the time this comes out, the fundraiser will be over. I hope that you get a whole bunch of support for that. I'm sure you're going to. Uh, you're making coffee collabs. If you could make a beer, you don't want to make a beer. What would you make? What would be something cool for... Those for... Boys, we actually, in Trinidad, we are working on a beer. Okay, so we, what's we that are... story? So we're we right now... Um, so 
I, I don't work on things that I want. I work on things that the boys would like and our fans would like. So I, everybody drinks beer except me. So I guess I'll be voted out. So the um, I, we started to work on a um, on a on a dark lager. Nice, we I like that. To, yeah, and we started to work on a um, on a blonde. So we're trying to do, and there's a craft beer that we're working with. So we're just trying to like feel out how the process is. And for, for our album launch, I'll be I'd love to be able to bring out something like that, you know. So yeah, we 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 are um, looking at um that, you know, especially the flavor palette of my boys. It's really between blonde and dark, you know, a nice dark, dark lager. So, If you could drop both of them at the same time, it'd actually be super interesting. If you had the dark lager and then the blonde and drop it for the album launch, that would be pretty fucking sick. Imagine how ridiculous it is. Like, we go to um, taste test, and I just, have, I just have my wife. I say, well, you have to taste because I have no idea what we're doing here. You know, I sip in, like, a cola on the side and just watch. You got you to use the strengths in your life, and then she is your beer strength, amongst other things, obviously. <laughs> I am trying to do a red wine. I would like to do a red wine. I really love wine. So, Is there wine in, in Trinidad and Tobago? Is it the vineyards and stuff like that? No, we, don't have, we have no grapes down here. You know, we import grapes. So okay, so that would be tough too. Yeah. Like fruit wines, yeah, fruit wines and stuff. But I, I need a good, a good vineyard, and I would love to be able to, like, get that you know even if it's just for me mm-hmm. you know I, I i like to go when i come across i would ask to taste some red wine over there you because can because there is a vineyard in saint gabriel de brandon in the city you're going to be staying in at christian's house and he will be more than happy to take you there because he loves to go there terrible because now you're going to see like videos of me drunk in the background we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> one last question classic vox and hops wrap-up question um it probably doesn't happen to you very often because you don't drink lots of beer but you know it does happen sometimes when you drink wine as well if you open one too many bottles what is your hangover cure this is sound like a real alcoholic but i have this i have this really terrible saying you don't open um a bottle of wine and drink a glass you know, you, you drink out the bottle, right? You drink out the bottle. You can't leave the bottle. So um, I always tell people, when I think I'm getting a little too, too drunk, I just slow down the next bottle. <laughs> um, it, um, I actually drink um, club soda and, um, and lime is my thing. You know, I always tell them, cut a lime, drink some club soda, and I'm okay. You know, I don't get the hangover stuff. And I, I like good, good wine. I'm picky when if I taste a wine and I find it's corked. Not 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 wasting time. Just I'm not drinking that. So I, I mean, I, I, in Trinidad, just just a truly local thing. In Trinidad, when you're hungover, it doubles. What's that? Yeah, well, right. So you wouldn't have. I guess some areas of Canada has it. I'm hoping to freeze some and bring for you guys. Um, doubles is like it's like a barra. We call it barra. It's like flour, thin flour, like a pita bread. Interesting. It's very very fluffy. It's not flat like that. It's it's fried with um, chana chickpeas curry chickpeas yes and another one so it's like a like a mini sandwich ah. but you eat it in hand like this yeah in trinidad the second you guys come the first thing we do is carry you guys for doubles interesting and, and you go, we're gonna ask you very key questions can you eat pepper oh, when yeah. you say yes it's like can you eat pepper like actually eat pepper no, I'm, a good, I'm a good about, spicy guy yeah are we talking about Tabasco? No, no, you know? no, no. <laughs> so you say like spice, right? Yeah, shout out to Heartbeat Hot Sauce for, for doing a bunch of great stuff with Vox and Hops. Yeah, love hot sauce. I'm going to bring a hot sauce from Trinidad. Perfect. A scorpion pepper that, I, that's, that's That's the one I love. And we, what we'll do, we'll tape a video together. Perfect. I'm sure I'm sure I'll sweat a bit, but I'm going to enjoy it. I'll let my basis and them eat that. They, they, they're ridiculous. So <laughs> we will shoot a video of that. I'll just watch. I'll tape it. Perfect. Perfect. Sivan, thank you so, so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about life, music, a little bit about craft beer, uh, a lot about the new linchpin coming up. I'm very, very stoked to have you here in Canada soon. I'm stoked uh, that you're going to just experience working with Chris, and I can't wait uh, for you to have that amazing experience. Massive cheers to you. The rest of the guys in the band, tell them I say hi. This was fun. Cheers. Cheers, Matt. 
Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome conversation. So damn interesting to speak to a metalhead from a very different world, someone that is just in a completely different situation. I am from Montreal. It is a metal mecca. Being from Trinidad and Tobago, it's like being on another planet almost, but they've done it. They are a successful metal band, and I think that's so cool. They are coming here in a few weeks to record with Christian. They're going to just kill it. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. But you know what they're doing? They are playing a show here in Montreal, and that's so damn cool. I'm very proud of that. A show that I helped set up. They are playing with Sarcasm, Flesh Shrine, and Oath of Anguish. The show is happening on August 19th in Montreal at Piranha Bar. So very stoked to have Lynchpin playing a show in Montreal. A Canadian date for a band from Trinidad and Tobago all the way here. I think it's so damn cool. If you can come to the show, come to it. I put the link in the description of this podcast. I'm beyond stoked to have hung out with Sivan. I'm stoked to hang out with some more. Massive cheers to all of Lynchpin. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. And you'll be up to date on anything that's going on in the world of cryptopsy, such as our brand new album that is coming out on September 8th via Nuclear Blast called As Gamora Burns. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, and you'll get to see which albums have been added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by Jerry Mug. Vox and Hops' metal architect himself. Trust me, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops metal podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer month of August. This is the final episode before I come back in September with brand new episodes. That's what I've been doing three months on, taking a month off for mental health. I think it's important. New Cryptopsy albums coming out shortly thereafter. September 8th, it drops via nuclear blast get ready everyone as gamora burns is coming until then everyone i will return on september 5th with brand new vox and hops episodes but until then i hope you all enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads ever wonder what a punch from elton john feels like or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in nirvana or what signal keith richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. 